Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This episode includes broad discussion of torture, extensive discussion of nudity, and lots of swearing. Please listen at your discretion. Hello, and welcome to the Reading Circle Temple. I'm Molly. I'm Brittany. And I'm Goodwin. Today we're reading Chapter 11 of Shatterglass. So grab a cup of coffee. Or tea. Or you take a choice. And let's go undercover. David joins Kef, Triss, and Glocky for midday, confirming that the city will not let them shut down Kapik. He plans to bring in Orimi undercover as Yaskadasi to search for the ghost. Keth tries to clear the lightning from his latest globe with no success. Triss asks Glocky to show her pictures in a fire, and the girl succeeds, proving she has academic magic. Triss gets Ferozi to watch Glocky while she patrols Kapik. She gets attacked again in Kapik, and again, she handles it. The next day, Dema informs Keth and Triss that a courtyard Yaskadasi, as opposed to a street Yaskadasi, was killed. And while he is lamenting how difficult it is to find a person who saw anything suspicious, Triss asks about questioning Prof Mooney, only to discover that the cops have been questioning, aka torturing Prof Mooney, which Dema is not at all worried about. Triss practices trying to see things on the wind, only to get mauled by Kef, informing her that it is almost midday and she almost fell into a well. Kef also informs her that his cousin will accept any magical glass workings that Kef can make that are safe, obviously, as payment for using the shop because those things sell very well. Meanwhile, the undercover cops absolutely suck at looking like Yaskadasi and everyone knows they're cops. And we're all back to square one. Part one of our three-step reading process is reading like a novice. This is where we talk about what we liked and didn't like about the chapter. Do we need to start with Oh, Dema, just as we were beginning to like you? Mm, yeah. Child, why are you like this? 
<laughs> just when we thought he was cool again. Right? Him it's is torturing. A roller coaster yes. of ups and downs with this guy. Terrible person. And the fact that he's like, oh, well, of course we torture the Prath Mooney. Prath Mooney would lie as soon as whatever. And I just like, I want to throw something at him. Glass shards in his face. Yeah. yeah. Get him. Time. Time. Attack. Was there anything you guys liked in this chapter? I didn't. I don't know if this was like or dislike, but it was just like in, in verbalization of what I think the readers felt uh, when Dama learns about Glocky, all the shit that this kid has been through. <laughs> that's more bad luck than anyone should have in one lifetime. Uh, and then Kath and Yali, apparently they kissed one time. And Kath really, really liked her. He spoke with her. Meanwhile, the person that he was going to be married to, they had never spoken. So it's just this weird, like, different culture thing again. To me, it's kind of whack to get married with someone without knowing them. But that's just not my culture. It's not. It's interesting to me because in Cold Fire, Nia is worried that being a carpentry mage will make no one want to marry her. And then they're like, oh, no, no, no. What about that Moycat boy you've got your eye on? You know, he comes from a family of shipbuilders. I, it makes me curious if she's just got a crush on him from afar or if they do already have some sort of interaction with one another. Uh, it, it seems to me that Jorinir's parents very much um, are trying to take their kids' feelings into account for the marriage, but uh, I don't know if the same thing was done with Kath. I don't remember. Well, the way I read it for Kath is that they probably have talked. That They just didn't ever have any, like, deep, meaningful conversations like he did with Yali. Mm -hmm. That's how I read it. So I feel like they probably have spoken to each other, because that their town is not very big, so I'm sure they have ran into each other and just had, like, a, con a like acquaintance type conversations like how's the weather oh it's good right right yeah but not anything deep like what he did with yali but yeah i, I liked that kind of understanding of what the relationship was and in the end it uh she fucking died so so sad <laughs> i shipped them so hard they were so cute they were cute i really liked the uh, quote from Kath saying, you're actually a nice person, aren't you? I liked that quote quite a bit. That reminds me a lot of a couple of people here uh, in this podcast group who, um, if were told they were nice, would also respond. Mm, I think I think you know who you are. I think no. we all know who they are. <laughs> they or may not be uh Someone may or, answer. <laughs> yeah, someone may or may not be flipping me off, but um, <laughs> they're very nice. We know they just won't admit it, but that's fine. <laughs> Glocky showing that you know it wasn't just a fluke. She actually has two of the uh, three signs of being an academic mage, which means that um, Triss has a new student, which we kind of already covered last time. But she's like, oh, for real, for real. It's she official. She doesn't just have very tough skin. <laughs> Though, oh. I should point out that in this case, Glocky's an academic mage. Red academic mages are a lot more common. So it would probably be pretty easy for Tris to find another teacher for her. She could probably take her to Hescalifos and drop her off and be like, bam, student. 
Go. She does not want to do that, though. No, she has no, decided that she, she wants because to because she's morally against it. Yeah, but, thorn, so. yeah normally yeah. that would probably be the way to go about it. I also like Triss making sure that Farouz keeps her end of the deal with uh, watching Glocky with uh, electrified coins. Mm-hmm. Just like, how else are you going to keep this, you know, we'll call her bad, but she seems to be very um, monetarily motivated to do stuff. And if you give her the opportunity to not have to do the job to get the coins, she she might be, she might take it. So it's good to keep her on that kind of a short leash and make sure she does what she's being paid to do. She wouldn't care to kick the kid out, out on the street so she can make some more money to have mm-hmm. somebody else live there. So she doesn't care. And then that same section, when Farouz says, your mother would be ashamed, and Tris says, I'll tell her for you. Yes. I'll tell That's her you said that. fucking mood. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, Yes, I already know my mom's ashamed of me. She literally gave me up, but thank you, bye. I just like Tris saying, she doesn't mind her long nose, but dimples. Dimples is too much. I don't have dimples. She's created this persona of not being nice, which I think would go along with a persona of, like, not smiling. Mm -hmm. So, no, I don't have dimples. That makes sense, yeah. I think also it's, like, she knows for a fact that she has a big nose, so it's like, okay, yeah, whatever, I have a big nose. But she doesn't have dimples, so she's like, I don't have those, so why would you say I have that when I don't have that? That's probably It's a fact probably. I have a big nose, it's not a fact that I don't, that I have dimples. She just wants to get the facts right, though. She probably just hasn't smiled in the mirror. I smile, I don't have dimples. Well, not everyone has dimples when they exactly. smile. She got dimples, but yeah, that that uh, the implication of that implying that she smiles is, is too much for her. Um, I also liked the crime statistics. Nine out of ten times, a killer knows their victim. That's just how it is, unfortunately. That's that's how the numbers work out. We had that quoted to us uh, in Goldfire, too. So yep. the, the police here also know their stuff. Somehow. Yeah, I, don't, we, I don't know how. I don't know how they caught criminals. Who knows? We we talked about at some point like how they normally solve crimes because they can't investigate the bodies. But he kind of tells us here, like, yeah, we we talk to everybody and we find out if anybody saw things suspicious. But also, most of the time, it's the neighbor, the husband, somebody who was right next to this person all the time. And that's what makes this crime so tricky. That and it's all lower class people. So why should they care? Okay. And that is all I got. I disliked when I guess uh, Nico and Demma were talking to the keepers, whoever they were talking to. And uh, Demma overheard someone whisper that if compete closed, the ghost might come for respectable women. These people make most of the money for the whole city, and then you treat them like garbage. What the fuck? What the fuck? It's ridiculous. They're not respectable, but yet they they keep the city alive. Another thing I didn't like, Keth tries to hide the fact that he's crying. He rubbed his eyes to make sure there were no unmanly tears. Like, Keth, it's okay to cry. It's manly to cry. 
you, you will still be a man if you cry, okay? Ellen's, is it gay to cry? It's totally gay to cry. You, <laughs> men can't show feelings. Men are, have no emotions except anger, I guess. Listen, whenever uh, I feel sad or upset or depressed, I just grunt and then go eat a steak. And that's, yeah, that's, how, that's how all men should deal with their, with yeah. their emotions, for sure. Yeah, men aren't allowed to show any emotion, and it's sad. It's very sad. Yeah, yeah, that's bullshit. Uh, tell your homies goodnight and that you love them and um, tuck them in. And you can cry if you want to cry more it feels good whenever um the next one is when she has her breezes going out everywhere and some of the breezes come back carrying snippets of conversation including some that made her blush and she says they say you'll get an education down here they just don't say if you'll like what you learn (laughs) so she heard some naughty things oh no Kat realizes that Tris obviously take, has a lot of control over her emotion because her hair does not give away her feelings. And he finally realizes that. He's like, oh, she has a lot of self-control because her hair would be sparking and it's not. We know that he's right because it used to. Yes. I guess she was gazing into the air. She was so caught up in what she was doing she didn't even twitch when bear chased a cat in the garden and she says i don't know why that dog bothers every time he corners a cat it beats the fur off of him (laughs) the cat just welling on this huge dog probably whimpers and runs away my next one is when tris is telling cat to calm down because he's sparking and he's like what where and then it's in his eyes And uh, she tells him, the lightning found a path through you it likes, so keep following it. You'll have to learn to control your temper. And then he starts laughing, which reminded me of Nico. He's like, and I suppose you're the one that's going to teach me, huh? And she says in her most primitive voice, I can control my temper because my power is under control. And then flatly says, and quite a fight it is. (laughs) Which is great. (laughs) Uh, I feel like she was mocking Sandry at this at this point. <laughs> Using her best Sandry voice. And that's it. The Askadasi aren't exactly anyone's rivals for anything. I think he likes it. Maybe he looks to shame Therios by showing that no one can stop him. These are innocent people. And there's no real light rhyme or reason other than the fact that they are basically lower class that he's doing this. Also, can we just be really sad for a moment that what Glocky produced in the fire was the image of her mother? Can we just can we just be sad about that for a minute? Because I want to be sad about that for a minute. It was sad. It really hurts. I really like the writing. Like, I, I really like the way this is phrased. As she had the night before, she sent them out to bring her word of violence done with silk and a woman's stolen breath. I just love that. That writing is so nice. They say you'll get an education down here. They just don't say if you'll like what you'll learn. (laughs) 
me every day that I'm forced to learn something that against my will. Also, the stripper AU is a thing, except it's not an AU. From one of the entertainment houses, Gaskadaski there are a cut above those who perform on the street. Their customers pay just to get in, plus whatever they give the performer. Sounds like a strip club. You have good instincts for this, Kath, to remember about the Watchmen. I don't think that's a compliment. (laughs) We're only guests here. Slavery is more honest. At least the only thing anyone ever blames slavery on is bad luck, not impurity. I I adore the, uh, I had to stop you from falling into Antonin's well. They'd never get the taste of mage out of the water. That's it. That's what I got. We talked about how it's stupid for Keth to think that he can't cry because it's unmanly. I think it's just as stupid for Tris to not want people to know she's nice. She's got a reputation to uphold. So does Kath of being a manly dude who doesn't cry. <laughs> manly man. Manly yeah. man. The pickpocket tells Tris that he's going to teach her a lesson. And I wrote, also Mr. Pickpocket, I think Tris will teach you a lesson. Technically, I guess Chime teaches the lesson, but close enough. Kath talking about the killer. Does he walk through walls? Is he invisible? Well, he is called the ghost. We, we kind of talked about Dama being chill with torture and how that's not something you should be chill with, Dama. Come on. Also, he's like, can we change the subject? This isn't appropriate to talk about in front of a child. I, I kind of think that if you feel that you need to change the subject because there is a child there, then what you're doing is inappropriate. The guy has like no sense of like, he's got like no bedside manner. Like he, like he's not a doctor, right? But like he, he just be saying shit out of his mouth without really thinking about who he's saying it to or what he's saying. Which is probably another reason that he has trouble getting information out of the Askenazi about this case. This is an interesting thing that I wrote. Indy brought this quote up about slavery is never based on impurity and i wrote actually tris come visit the united states we blamed slavery on impurity in a sense similar to how dama's like oh the prath muni will lie to you as soon as look at you like we were like oh those people they look different from us and therefore they're stupid and need us to protect them or something the way keth steadies tris after she comes out of her trance reminds me of the way Briar steadies Triss on the wall in Triss's book. And then it's super cute because he says, come on, great teacher, rest your weary bones. Because <laughs> <laughs> she's old. Yup, it's great. Uh, I love, I just love the little like age swap there. And the fact that he's very aware of it. People love magical novelties that don't carry unpleasant consequences. But doesn't everyone like novelties that don't carry consequences? Because I feel that. Yeah. The last note I have on here references the instruments. Keth knows how to play. What is the Ukrainian instrument that you love? The bandura! This is called the balaka? B-A-L-A-K-A, and I really, like, my first thought was, what if this is the Emelon equivalent of that instrument? Okay, so So. banduras are fucking awesome, and if someone just sat down and started playing a bandura in front of me, I would be enthralled for hours. Like, they would have all of my money, and I would just be (laughs) staring at them, like this. My headcanon is that Kef plays the bandura. I will accept that. 
I will. And now I will going back that. to the stripper AU, you can you can imagine <laughs> Beth naked playing the band. Playing. Oh God, <laughs> there's not enough there to like. There's so much there, but there's not enough. I think there, there is enough. I think we're we're. I think we're we're. <laughs> He would have to be very strategically placed at said Bandera. In front of a cheese platter. <laughs> How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Part two of our three-step reading process is reading like a dedicate. This is where we talk about a theme or a message that we found in the chapter. What theme or message did you find? Okay, so at the risk of derailing this one more time, um, <laughs> I've I pulled out a very specific thing, and that might be because I've been playing Bastion again, but uh, it is purpose and folly. So there's so many elements of going to do something that should theoretically work, and then something going wrong and fucking it all up. There's there's purpose, but there's also a lot of folly here. The theme I pulled out, I don't, I feel like it only fits with like the first part of the chapter. I picked hypocrisy. 
Demma is going on and on about how no one cares about these women that are being killed. And then in the same breath, he's talking about torturing other people because he says they're liars. All of them are liars. But he, I, I feel like he's being very hypocritic. What, what's hip, is hypocritical? That's hypocritical. the word. Hypocritical. Hey, I'm not the um, only one doing it today. <laughs> when he, when he being like no one cares about these women and then he turns around and starts torturing other people those yeah. not being cared about either i don't know i feel like that's probably the only spot we really see hypocrisy in this chapter but that's the theme that i have just going back to dama being cool and then being or being not cool then cool then uncool then cool mm-hmm. again and then mm-hmm. just meh, torture again again it reminds me a little bit of our conversation about Ben and Mora Chain and how like Mora Chain annoys me more. Like I think about Dama versus Jimshida and like Jimshida, I dislike her more than Dama, even though Dama is kind of act- is actively having people tortured, which she's not. I actually feel hope for him. I feel like you could actually figure this out and change. And I don't feel that about her. So I think it's particularly difficult because we look at it and we're like, oh, but you're so close. Like you're so close to realizing that this is wrong and changing and you haven't yet. Because he's, he's essentially torturing the people he's trying to save. Basically. The thing that I found was responsibility. The Keepers won't close Kapik, but Dama is doing everything in his and his family's power to try and stop the ghost. He's literally taking the cost of getting more um, essentially police officers and like people undercover to try to catch him in there. He technically doesn't have to do that, but he is at least willing to uh, do something to try and take responsibility for, uh, you know, keeping these people safe. Even though, like we just talked about, he's still torturing people. Not not great, but he's uh, he's at least doing something, which is more than what the Keepers are willing to do. The next one I found was Triss is going to take care of Glocky. Uh, she was not going to leave her to scrabble for a living in Therios. Um, you know, she's going to sell the stuff that Chai makes and uh, give her the opportunity to live like any other normal, like, mage child with an education. And as we've seen, Therios isn't exactly kind to uh, children without homes, at least in the, uh, at least in Kapik. And I saw it again with Triss scrying the wind. Uh, she didn't do it to see the future like Nico did or to gain more power, but to try and stop these killings to keep more children from becoming parentless or motherless. Obviously, Triss is a really powerful mage. She could be using this for a selfish, trying to learn to scry the wind for selfish reasons, but she's actually trying to stop uh, more people from dying, which I think is the responsible way to use that power. I wrote friendship, family, and hope. Because Triss and Kath and Glocky have become this weird sort of family and they're taking care of each other. And like even the scene where they're eating with uh, Antino and his wife and they're just cute and it's lovely. And then the last scene too where they're all taking comfort in each other at the end playing music and singing. and It's kind of like this message that even in the darkest of times there is still some glimmer of hope yeah and i think again i definitely get the impression of that hope comes through community and people banding together sandry spins everyone in a in a 
she doesn't literally create light in spinning people in the earthquake, but it's sort of her like creating a metaphorical light that helps her get through it. And it's kind of the same thing. Like whenever we are in this situation where we are being pressed upon by the darkness of the world, we need to spin our, spin each other into light. It's me attempting to get deep. Makes sense. But I like it though. Part three of our three-step reading process is reading like a mage. This is where we use the text to craft magic in our own lives. What magic were you able to craft out of this chapter? But the lightning found a path through you it likes, so we'll keep following it. The you'll have to learn to control your temper is also a part of this, but it's hard to break habits and it's hard to start new ones. Like it's, it's hard to break bad habits and it's hard to start good ones, is what I should say. I have a nasty habit of just telling people what I think when I think it. And sometimes it's not great. I mean, it's like calling Dawn. Tell, I didn't call Dawn stupid. I told her her idea was stupid. Like I, uh, there, there's a difference. It's like the uh, stop acting like a bitch. You're not a bitch. Just stop acting like one. But recently I have cut back my hours at one of my jobs to start a new one. I have adopted the mindset of what are they going to do? Fire me? Because I got super mouthy with my supervisor. And it is a terrible, terrible thing to do. Don't do that. It's a bad habit I need to break. Because I just tell people what I think. The personal magic that I found was self-control. We see Triss being very upset. Uh, and then, you know, Keth seeing her be upset. But she still keeps this um, calm face on, which not only she has to keep it in control because of her powers, but it also helps Keth realize that she's just as upset as he is, but she she needs to keep a lid on stuff, not only for her sake, but for his as well. I know we've talked about this before, but people take cues from people in charge. Um, if they're calm, they'll be calm. If they see the person in charge freaking out, they're going to freak out. So I want to try to remember to... Uh, I feel like I do this pretty well anyways, but just, you know, placate people, keep them calm, especially in my job where buying and selling houses is incredibly stressful. Sometimes stuff comes up that is just not fixable and you have to make do. Just recently, I had a offer fall through from a client who no longer wanted to purchase a home, which is fine. The issue is when you're three weeks into a four week, you know, time to close the other side tends to get a little pissy when that happens kind of understandably the agent already was having a bad time and i you know had to break the bad news hey we don't have this client is not going to be able to continue but i told him hey i think i have someone else who's willing to go in on this with the exact same like amount of money the same terms potentially closing maybe one week after the, our original scheduled closing date as pissed as that other agent was, they still saw that, you know, I was calm. I'm like, hey, I'm rolling with the punches here. We're just trying to get this done. I know you want to get this done. I know your seller wants to sell. So let's make this work. Set the offer out, accepted it. We're closing in two days and everyone's happy. It was about a delay of a week, but compared to them having to find a whole nother buyer, go another month of inspections and paperwork and stuff, we managed to get it done. So it's... uh. 
show that self-control that you're not freaking out and it'll keep other people from freaking out as well this is hard because it's it's just hard because it's something that it's difficult to see and you usually can't see it on your own but what really stood out to me is the institutionalized prejudice and the fact that Dema is super chill with torturing Prath Mooney and just believes, like honestly believes that they're just all liars. And we know that's not true because we're outsiders and Triss and Keth do. The reason that he has this opinion is because he's just been raised with it. This has been this is this is a belief that has been passed down for generations. And so he doesn't think twice about it. So I guess my my magic is be willing to second guess your opinions, especially when there are other people telling you that they disagree. Like listen to those disagreements, consider them um, because maybe maybe you are wrong. Maybe there is institutionalized prejudice going on and you are not seeing it. And like I said, that's that's not like an easy thing to catch, to be like, oh, I'm actually being prejudiced. If you can see it, then you can take steps to working on changing yourself. And it's only through that that our society can improve. That's why not only do we have hope for Dema, but we want to have hope for Dema because there's kind of this, well, if he can figure it out, then maybe he can get other people to figure it out. Because Triss and Nico and Kef can yell all day, but because they're outsiders, nobody's going to listen. If Dama figures it out, maybe people will start to listen. I really like that one. It reminds me of myself. Growing up, I lived in Huntsville, and it's known as one of the worst places for Black people to go to. I didn't ever grow up around any Black people and was told basically that Black people are awful. I just thought that was the case the whole time growing up. And then one of my first jobs, uh, I worked, started working with a bunch of Black people, and I was terrified. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get robbed or murdered or something because I work with all these Black people. And then I come to realize, hey, these people are people. They're not going to hurt me just because they're Black. I, I became pretty good friends with a lot of them there. I work with other people today, too, that I'm, I feel like I'm pretty close to at work, and I would not have those relationships if I would have continued to believe that black people are bad people you know we need to do exactly like you said to be honest I I was born in Louisiana and in Louisiana we lived in a black neighborhood so most of our neighbors were African-American when I was five we moved to New Mexico part of the rationale for moving to New Mexico, as opposed to a different location, was that my parents wanted their kids to grow up in a place that was ethnically diverse. And I grew up with Navajo friends and Latino friends and other friends of other tribes. Now, Latino is a tribe, people of different nationalities. But I still had a lot of that like as much as my parents like tried very hard to put to raise me in an environment where I wouldn't have those institutionalized prejudices I still find myself with them I look back on things that I said and things that I did in the past and I just cringe so I'm like yeah. wow I've I've learned a lot and I'm sure that I will continue to but yeah it just it shows you how deep it runs it's not easy to to counteract even when you're actively trying to. Yeah. 
see, I kind of came, came from a different perspective of this. My grandmother is Black. My cousins are Black. And I have always been really close, or I was really close to my grandmama queen. And my pusa, half Hispanic, half Muscogee. I, I'm used to the diversified, but like never on the white side. Because, yeah, my mother... Look, my mother is very white. My biological one is very, very white. And my biological dad is, he doesn't look white because of how he was raised and who he was raised with. That's kind of where it went. Very white, brown person. (laughs) But I've always found that because I grew up, like the good chunk of my family, my biological family, does classify as other I have always been a lot more hostile and I'm quicker to judge white people than I am anybody else and I think that's because of the fact that I was I was raised in a black household because my grandparents raised me when I lived in Alabama and I was like that was from like 10 to 14 those are very very intense years and I've always found that like I I am the I am fastest to get angry and judgmental with white people and that has been a hard thing to break because I don't know if we know this but I look very white (laughs) I look very very white until I get angry and then I sound like my grandmama queen and then people think I'm making fun of people and it's just how I get mad uh but so like from the other's perspective of it I mean it does run deep on both sides like my cousins were taught that don't go out after a certain time don't be in this area don't do these things because someone will say something and it doesn't matter how well educated you are it doesn't matter how not quote-unquote black you are you will still get treated the same as everybody else and so I just you you were definitely right in the like the prejudices and like it's learned Mm -hmm. it's taught from such a young age and as again tying back to mine is you kind of have to break the bad habits of immediately assuming oh this person is trouble or oh this person is going to be this or oh this person is going to be this because of their age or their gender or their like race or whatever it's hard to break those habits yeah and like I I just want to say I am so proud of people who have come out of incredibly racist house households have been like no I'm not doing this because generational racism is a huge thing and yeah that is incredibly, incredibly hard to break. And so I am proud of everyone who has done that. When Katz tells Tris, um, you're actually a nice person, aren't you? Sometimes people aren't what they seem when you first meet them. Katz is like surprised that Tris is actually nice, especially after his first meeting with her. Um, she's throwing lightning at him. So I guess first impressions aren't always the best way to go on uh deciding what a person is actually like because I know within like our friend group if I would have gone just by like first impressions I honestly I didn't like a lot of y'all wow (laughs) 
especially Chris. He called me fancy feast and I asked him for help to carry something <laughs> in. And he's like, figure it out on your own. Like, oh, what a douchebag. He's kind of rude. Okay. I do not know about the, the one where you asked him to carry stuff in. Although I, I feel like there's a decent chance that he was like joking, but then like I didn't I, I didn't know him very because, well. So it's like Yeah, exactly. Because he, he that's a very he, he has a very dry sense of humor. Yeah, he's right? very dry. <laughs> like, like I told you guys, I was worried about the internet, so I came in here because the Wi-Fi router router is right behind this computer. So it was like, if I'm gonna get good internet, it's gonna be in this room. And he was in here, and I was like, hey, do you mind if I record in here? And he looks at me, and he's like, yes. <laughs> and I was like, do you then, really mind if I record in here? And then he gets up, um, right? He just yeah. But I distinctly remember him forgetting your name. He didn't know my name. And I was like, he's such a jerk. He can't even remember my name. It's a really basic white girl name. Come on. You should know my name. I don't hold it against anyone when they don't remember names. But the fact that he called fancy feast of all things. Like, come on, guy. We're going to have to bring that back. And I still stand that you need to call him Meow Mix. Yes, he's Meow Mix now. So it's yeah, a fancy feast. So <laughs> we're all gonna get always, cat food names. I'll be Fristies. Don't always go by first impressions of people because you don't get a, a good sense of what that person is like just by first impressions. Get to know a person before you decide if you like them or not. I feel that would also stand between me and you, Brittany. I know it. <laughs> I thought you were fucking really. weird. I'm like, this girl I thought... listen to her music? Okay, she's kind of weird, but I guess so. I, I genuinely thought of you and Ashley as like the cheerleaders of the group because y'all were like the popular kids. And I'm like, okay, cool. Y'all, and then you kept inviting me. And I'm like, all right, I guess. Let's go. <laughs> We like to end our episodes with an excerpt from the following chapter. So this is an excerpt from chapter 12 of Shatterglass. <clears throat> Progress up the street of glass toward Assembly Square in Heskalipos was annoyingly slow. Time after time, Keth wanted to shout for people to get out of the way. But with the globe's content still shrouded in lightning, it made no sense to hurry. The press of humanity on the streets was loud and colorful, a constant irritation to Keth's nerves. He also didn't like that Dama kept sneaking looks at him. At the Apricot Street Scotty, Dama halted at a street vendor stall that sold small eggplants stuffed with lamb and rice, a sotaten dish that was popular in Varios. He bought enough for everyone and ordered Keth to eat. Keth bolted the food. He hadn't realized how hungry he was. Dama paid another vendor for skewers of grilled kid marinated in olive oil, cinnamon, and onion, and a third for plum juice. They moved their horses to the side of the street to devour it all, licking their fingers when they were done. The thickest crowds were bound for Kapik, but even headed uphill, there was plenty of traffic as the city's shoppers, clerks, and merchants turned their faces toward home. The first and second classes would not venture out for their evening's entertainment until dark, Dama told Kev. Their servants ran last-minute errands at the Scotties, doing business at a trot that made their hobnailed sandals strike sparks from the stones of the roadway. Dark drew down slowly. Torches were lit at eating houses, other shops that stayed open late and inns. 
foot traffic began to thin out, replaced by horses, chairs, and litters. Kat's headache eased after he'd eaten, but now he was dizzy. He bit his lip, determined to say nothing to Dama. They halted at Achaya Square, where the ghost had left Yali's body. At an open-air eating house, they bought dishes of olives, dates, liver patties, dried apricots, and flatbread, along with a pitcher of grape juice, and settled down to wait. The globe held the place of honor at the center of the table, drawing attention from diners and from passersby. Kath and his companions watched as it cleared inside, the lightnings fading. Kath couldn't eat a thing once they were seated. He tore a piece of flatbread into the tiniest of crumbs to the approval of the pigeons who came to forage, forage by torchlight. It was unfair to wait for his own device to reveal something in its time, not Kath's. Magic, he thought ruefully, is more the master than the pet dog. In his mind, he heard Triss say scornfully, whoever told you it was anything else. He tried again to draw the lightnings out, but it was as if his magic no longer existed. It was maddening to sit here and wait, to risk the chance that they would be too late to save the next victim. Dama put a hand on Keth's arm. It's clear what you're thinking, he said quietly. But Keth, she's probably dead by now, whoever she is. Keth sat bolt upright, his mouth dry. That's a horrible thing to say. We might see her in that, still alive. He pointed to the globe. Don't pronounce her dead until you found the body. As well, invite the gods to kill her, not the ghost. Dama leaned closer, inspecting Keth's face by torchlight. Suddenly, he placed the inside of his wrist on Keth's forehead. When Keth jerked away, Dama calmly produced a black leather case from his sash and opened it to reveal a lens. He held it up to one eye, then put it away, shaking his head. She was right, and I was too eager to get moving to realize it, he muttered. Your skin's clammy, you're hot, and you're sweating a river. You've overdone it. If you try more tonight, you'll make yourself ill. You need rest. I'm fine, Keth retorted. What is it? Getting a mage's credential turns you all into old women, forever fussing and worrying over someone? I made that cursed globe, and I'll see it through. You and Triss can go nursemaid each other. He struggled to his feet and stood, wavering, as sweat trickled down his cheeks. I'll settle the ghost. His ears buzzed. His legs turned to overcooked noodles. Shadows filled the edges of his vision, shadows that grew and expanded as the buzz turned to a roar. Reading Circle Temple is produced by us, Molly, Brittany, Indy, and Goodwin. If you like the show, tell your friends about us. If you don't like the show, tell your enemies. You can also help people find us by leaving a rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Find all our episodes at our new home on Acast. Shows.acast.com slash Reading Circle Shake it us. We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at templeofreadingcircle at gmail.com. You can also follow Reading Circle Temple on Instagram, Tumblr, and Facebook. And you can join our Reading Circle Temple Facebook group. To find us on Twitter, tweet at Reading Temple. A special thanks to Yellows for Happy for our artwork. You can find more of their art by following Yellows for Happy Draws on Tumblr and Shannon and Draws on Instagram. Another special thanks to Brittany's brother, Thomas Dick, for our theme music. You can find more of his music by following Thomas Dick on SoundCloud. Thanks to Tamara Pierce for writing The Circle of Magic. And thanks to you for listening. Let's all have coffee next week. Dama paid another vendor for skewers of grilled kid marinated in. <laughs> Sorry. Kid. Hey. <laughs>
but she used it the correct way this time. She used the for the way. first time in the entire yeah. series. In the entire and, series. And I was going through my notes on this chapter earlier, and I saw that, and I was like, oh my god. Group kid. Not I just like that you not the street kid kind, the goat kind this time. <laughs> I just love that you went the grilled kid kid marinated and then started laughing. <laughs> you got through the word, and it was like your brain took a second to catch up. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.